Are you looking to reach your full potential and achieve success in business and in life? Want only tried and tested guidance from people who have truly made an impact? You have come to the right place. Welcome to Five Questions with Dan Shabell. New York Times bestselling author Dan Shabell distills the most actionable and tangible advice from a variety of world-class humans, including entrepreneurs, authors, Olympians, politicians, billionaires, Nobel Prize winners, TED speakers, celebrities, astronauts, and more. Inspirational guidance, practical advice, and concrete solutions. Our Power Chat starts now. Welcome to the 53rd episode of Five Questions with Dan Shabell. As your host, my goal is to create the best advice from the world's smartest and most interesting people by asking them just five questions. My guest today is the co-founder and the first CEO of Netflix, Mark Randolph. Born in Chappaqua, New York, Mark's father was a nuclear engineer. His paternal great-granduncle was psychoanalysis pioneer Sigmund Freud, and his paternal great-uncle was PR legend Edward Bernays. After he graduated college in 1981, he began working at Cherry Lane Music Company based in New York and was in charge of the small mail order operation. It was there where he learned marketing techniques, how to sell music directly to customers, and use technology to track buyer behavior. Mark continued to gain experience building direct-to-consumer marketing operations at Borland, then at various Silicon Valley startups before becoming a founder of Integrity QA. A year later, Pura Atria acquired his startup and CEO Reed Hastings retained Mark as VP of Corporate Marketing. Later that year, Rational Software acquired Pura Atria for $850 million. Mark and Reed decided to join forces to launch Netflix in 1998, with Mark as the first CEO. I sat down with Mark to learn more about his fascinating background, hear stories from his new book, That Will Never Work, and get advice on everything from pitching an idea to overcoming criticism. You come from a family of overachievers and pioneers. How did they influence you growing up? So one thing in my household, there was always this attitude of risk taking. I mean, to the point, I was an outdoors guy, and I would come home, one time I came home and told my dad, hey, I'm going caving. And rather than being one of those dads who, uh, what are you, nuts, you're crazy? It was always like, oh, that sounds great. So every junction, it was always take the riskier path. Um, the other thing which is kind of interesting is that for our family, when someone said no, that was more the cue that it was time to try and figure out some way to work around this. So I've kind of never been a person who takes a no for an answer. Yeah, I've read that you're big into pitching. Like you would pitch your mom, and obviously pitch Reed, your, your co-founder. Like what makes a good pitch to investors, to anyone, to influence them to buy into you as a, as a person or your business idea? Well, actually in the book I talk about, not explicitly about pitching, but about asking. Um, and the story that I tell in the book, of course, is the, that I learned so much about pitching or asking was uh, I was uh, leading these trips for urban youth. Um, they were outdoors trips. We take kids from the inner city, bring them out into the wilderness, where they're totally disoriented. And so, someone had the great idea that the staff should have an experience equally disorienting. Um, and so, they dropped us off in the streets of Hartford with no money, no wallet, no ID, no watch, nothing. And said, so "We'll pick you up in three days." And you get hungry. And so, I decided. Well, at first I began stealing food by swooping in after someone gets up at the food court. And then I go, I'm cutting out the middleman, and I began panhandling. 
And what you learn when you ask for money, which is the naked ask, give me something, nothing in return, is eventually the way to do it is to be honest and to be vulnerable and reveal with your voice and your words and your body what you're looking for. Um, and in that case, it was I'm hungry. Uh, but when you're looking for money, when you're raising money in a pitch, it's really letting people know that this is not BS. I believe in this. And here's where I think I'm vulnerable. Here's where I think we're strong. And people see those things. But the ultimate skill, this is not learned in the streets of Hartford, is empathy. Mm. You have to understand in advance how what you're saying is going to be perceived by somebody. How whether the offer you're making is going to impact that person. Because as trite as it is and as oft-repeated, the win-win is so much more powerful than the I'm stronger than you are and so you're going to do what I say. Yeah, that's a really good point. Early in my career, a lot of people said, that will never work. <laughs> or they laughed at me when I wanted to write a book. So I dealt with cyberbullying, in-person bullying. People just didn't believe in me or the idea early on. Right. What does it take to overcome that and continue to follow the path that aligns to your dreams and goals? Well, I think anybody who's ever had an idea has had that exact same thing that you and I have had. You know, if you wake up, oh, we got this great idea, and you can't wait to tell someone. You come rushing down, and you tell your wife, or you tell your, your kids, you come to work and tell your coworkers, and you're right. They all say the same thing, uh, which is, that'll never work. And then they helpfully tell you all the reasons you're so stupid. Um, but my favorite saying, is actually uh, comes from a guy named William Goldman, who's a screenwriter. But he wrote, uh, nobody knows anything, talking about Hollywood, and how no one knows if a movie's gonna be successful until after it's launched. And every idea is like that. Really, no one knows. So to answer the question, as a long preamble, you have to eventually realize they have no idea. This so-called expert, they have no idea whether it's gonna work or not. The only way to find out that it's going to work, the only way to know if my book is going to be good, the only way to know if the article is going to resonate, the only way to know whether it's going to get accepted is to write it, try it, pitch it, and see what happens. Yeah, and different from Reed, your business partner, you've kind of been a little behind the scenes. I know you've been in the public you know, circuit scene speaking to big audiences, but it takes a certain level of humility to take a step back and not constantly be out there like your business partner. And so just tell me about that and your view of fame and fortune and success in your role. It's really a very common question. You know, it's like, are you bitter? Or, you know, you, you gave up stock. And, and I, I, this is gonna sound silly, I don't get it sometimes because I consider myself so unbelievably lucky. Because first of all, I was never in this for the money. I was in it because I just love solving really hard problems. And I had this dream of starting a company that sold stuff on the internet, and I got to see my dream come true, which is, that's the most unbelievably fulfilling thing. And the company went public. And so I did fine. And now I get a chance to work with other early stage entrepreneurs. And I got a chance to spend time with my family. My kids know me, and that's just like, like, like me. That was me knocking on wood if you're just listening. Um, how could I possibly Resent uh, what's happened other than that, or who was in the front. And what's your best piece of career advice? Start and do anything you can which is even tangentially related to what um, you want. 
But actually, here it is boiled down in just a handful of words. My advice, and this is advice for people who are starting out. Actually, I take that back. Anyone who's thinking about getting into something new. Number one, find the smartest person you know that will take you seriously and do anything they want. Simple as that. <laughs> no strings attached. No. They say, sweep the floor. Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. Um, by being there, you will see. You'll see how they do their job. You'll see how the industry works. You'll see how all the moving pieces. And if you are an amazing sweeper, when they're looking around going, where's the person who's going to now run this small little thing? They're going to pick a person they know is responsible and hardworking rather than taking a chance at an outsider. And then all of a sudden that moves, you do that job as best you can, whatever it is. No one, don't go, wait, I've got, I have a degree and I should be doing this. Yeah, get out of here. I'll find someone who's willing to do it. Thank you so much for sharing your wisdom, Mark. To follow his journey, you can read his book, That Will Never Work, and find him on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, where he shares his live appearances, entrepreneurship articles, life rules, and business tips. To watch the full extended video version of this episode where I ask Mark even more questions, you can go to youtube.com slash danshawbell. We hope you enjoyed today's show and the amazing advice our guests provided. Remember that you can only benefit from advice if you act on it. Before you do, we would appreciate your feedback in the form of a review. You can leave a review on iTunes, Stitcher, or a podcatcher of your choice. Your feedback would be very much appreciated. Head over to danshawbell.com slash review now.